Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. We are continuing our conversations with the Finnovate Europe Best of Show winners. And joining me today, we have Zara Tatoltepe, CEO and co-founder of Tazi.ai. Zara, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you, Greg, for inviting me. It's a pleasure uh, to be here. So obviously, you know, if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks, you know the videos of all of the demos from Finnovate Europe are available online at Finnovate dot com slash videos um for those of us who haven't seen your seven minute demo though zara can you talk start by just talking through what tazi is all about uh thank you greg so we are the startup uh, actually we are scale up now uh, san francisco based uh, we provide a software as a service machine learning platform which enable business experts to stay in control of the ai models but we also empower the data science and machine learning engineering teams. Uh, and uh, the way we do that is uh, through our technology. Our technology uh, consists of ability to continuously learn from the data as the business and world changes. Uh, we provide continuous explanations to the uh, business users and for them the ability uh, to give feedback to the models so that the models are aligned with the business all the time. Uh, so we, we serve business users not uh, in sandboxes, but in production. Uh, it's so much easier to create value with us so much faster. And it's also so much easier uh, to maintain the models. Uh, so, so in a nutshell, that's what we provide. Yeah, I mean, I really would recommend anybody listening to go back and take a look at the demo video where they're able to kind of lay it out and you can actually see the product as well. Um, I'd like to start by just getting into uh, kind of a, a high level question. You know, obviously, there are a lot of companies that are out there that are promising big results in the artificial intelligence or machine learning space. But I think it's difficult for financial institutions sometimes to differentiate between all of those potential service providers. What really makes Tazi different from everybody else who's in that space? Uh, great question, Greg. So, uh, I mean, nobody wants to really do AI. You know, people want solutions to problems, uh, and, and financial institutions are the same. Uh, so a financial institution uh, has at least three choices. One of them is to build their own AI solution using Python-like uh, you know, tools. Uh, the other one is uh, to go with a machine learning platform or a point solution. Uh, the problem with the point solutions uh, is they are easier to use, they are point and click, but they are so difficult to adapt to the existing needs and the dynamic market conditions. Uh, the problem with the platforms is they are really addressing the needs of the data scientists, and there's a huge gap between the requirements of business and the data scientists' creations. So as Tazi, we are in between being a point solution and a platform. Our platform is closer to the business user uh, because uh, we are able to create a solution that fits the basic needs in a very short time, end-to-end, uh, -end, uh, in deployment, 
Uh, and then uh, the business basically looks at the problem and then the solution. And then they're like, okay, this fits my needs, but it doesn't fit my needs in the following ways. There are huge numbers of iterations. You know, in sometimes in, in about four weeks, we are able to usually create a solution that works. But in those four weeks, business gives feedback to models a number of times to make it right. Uh, because uh, creating a machine learning solution that works is not an easy problem, but it's not the problem of the data scientist. It should be the problem of both business user and the data scientist. So, so our differentiator is we make that communication much easier between the data science or machine learning engineer and the business team. So the requirements of business are met uh, much faster uh, for the initial model. And also uh, the maintenance is much easier because of continuous learning, many different interfaces, uh, outlining the performance, the business value, as well as how machine learning works, how machine learning model works and makes decisions so that business is able to take actions uh, to increase the revenue or whatever the business KPIs they have in mind. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think really the the way you're able to keep humans involved in the process is really impressive. And I think that's one of the things that I'm sure resonated a lot with the folks in the audience. I, one of the other things that I really, uh, that kind of stuck out in my mind was the sort of continual focus that you had throughout the demo and as a company on making sure that you're pointing uh, Tazi towards areas where it's really going to directly impact the bottom line. Um, where do you see customers kind of deploying Tazi to the greatest effect? Uh, well, uh, first of all, um, I want to point out that uh, this is uh, an economy-related question. So, so when the economy is good or bad, companies tend to focus on different uh, uh, values uh, or, or different you know points where they uh, need to concentrate. Uh, so currently, we see uh, especially customer retention but retaining customers that provide, uh, uh, you know, uh, long or short-term uh, value or revenue or profits to the uh, company. We find that to be a very important focus point. Uh, and the other one is sales forecasting. Uh, this is not, I know this is not so relevant for the uh, finance industry, but in general forecasting uh, what will happen in the future based on uh, complex uh, and and um, different sources of data. Uh, so so we found those two to be uh, uh, quite relevant uh, uh, for our customers right now. Yeah, uh, maybe that's... I want to tell just a little bit about the customer retention if I have just one more. Minute. Oh yeah, by all means, uh, of course. Uh, I I, uh, I just I just love. Uh, solving the customer retention problem with our clients because uh, even identifying what your customer brings value for you, uh, identifying what does it mean for the customer to be retained uh, is, a, is an important question. Uh, that, that value and that uh, retention label, once you unearth them, you realize a lot of things about your business. And then customer retention uh, isn't just about predicting in advance, uh, you know, uh, enough in advance so that you can take actions to prevent churn. But it's also about understanding what your customers need right now and what don't you have it in your product? What are your customers doing? 
I'm sorry, what are your competitors doing? Uh, and uh, you know, what are the dynamic conditions in the market? So, so you are able to understand all of those by looking at uh, what your existing customers are doing. Uh, so, so I I really value that as a uh, as a place to always keep an eye and being customer focused uh, in your business. Oh, totally. I mean, it's, I'm really glad you uh, brought that up because I think it's really important for everybody to understand. I have another follow-up question. Have you seen anybody kind of point your technology towards an area that really surprised you? Any kind of, you know, off the wall or just unexpected applications that you can share to kind of demonstrate just how far-reaching uh, it really is? Yes, sure. Uh, so um, uh, one of the surprising factors for me was... Um, uh, how people can adapt to machine learning once they understand how it works. Uh, so uh, I have seen business users who uh, did feature selections. So feature selection is a very, uh, you know, uh, machine learning related term, which means, you know, finding out which indicators to use in your machine learning models. And, and people are able to direct machine learning in really great ways so that it does a better job. Another Another thing I have seen is uh, people are very good at asking the right questions. Business users uh, are really great at asking the right questions. So, uh, so they uh, are never happy with just one retention model. It's almost always an evolution. So, so they might ask uh, about the retention as the first question, and once they get they have a running solution, then uh, it's almost always. Uh, a number of follow-up use cases, uh, either that or uh, looking back at their data sources and uh, you know uh, trying to figure out, trying to uh, we identify which data sources are the most important for the for our customers, so they can go back to their data sources and uh, find out which uh, of them should be pri prioritized. Uh, and in terms of the use cases, uh, I have seen our clients who said, you know what, I can, I want to predict this. And I can predict, predict this in two days. I can have a working solution in two days on my own. So, so when I when I hear that, I'm like, okay, you know, good. You know, we are able to provide value. Uh, you know, my dream is to have our clients to have a question and then a prediction question and then having that answer ready for them in a very short time so that they can continue their train of thought. Uh, they don't have to wait for weeks or months. Uh, for the answers for your, for their questions and and our, and and it is it is doable so so i'm yeah. surprised and proud of uh, the evolution of uh, business users when they are provided with a platform which doesn't require them to code in python uh, instead they can actually uh, give feedback understand and and be part of the process yeah, no, it really is very cool. And I think, um, again, I, I'm a broken record here, but go, do go check out the video and see. I think, you you know, seeing is believing on this one. Um, I, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about kind of the, the state of the industry as a whole. You know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, we've had a lot of venture capitalists on over the past six months who kind of talked about the decrease in the amount of money going into the space. You know, there's kind of fewer uh, and smaller Series C's and Series D's. Um, I think your perspective on this one is going to be really interesting because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you've only raised a couple of seed rounds so far, and and neither of those was for you know an astronomical amount. But obviously, 
it hasn't really impacted your ability to produce something that's resonating with the industry. My first question is just a simple one. Are you actually looking for more funding at this moment or are you pretty happy with where you are? Uh, well, uh, we are not currently raising, not in 2023, but uh, we are always looking for great partners. So uh, what we see uh, in our investors, uh, uh, Greg, uh, they are a part of our company. They are my trusted advisors uh, and uh, they are there to help for whatever I need. So, so this year we are focused on growth. Uh, so uh, I would always have a conversation uh, with whoever uh, can help my company grow. And, and those people can be my partners as investors uh, next year as well. Uh, so the short answer, we are not raising right now. And we are always looking for uh, great yeah. partners. No, it, it makes a ton of sense. And so, I mean, my, my follow-up question on that is kind of you know, broadly speaking, do you think it's possible for the fintech industry as a whole to continue you know, creating good, strong innovations with maybe less funding overall than we're used to? Or does it become too difficult at some point to create good technology when you're operating on a smaller budget? And obviously, you know, you've had you have your own experience, which I'm sure you can talk to, but what do you see kind of in the broader ecosystem as well? Is is the path that you've taken one that other companies should be able to take as well? Uh, well, uh, you know, that's another great question. I mean, one of the reasons that we have been able to uh, have a, a great product uh, with this little funding uh, was uh, twofold. Uh, one, uh, me and my co-founder, we have uh, a lot of expertise in machine learning and uh, software development. So, uh, you know, since 2015, uh, we have been... Uh, iterating through the needs of our, our customers, uh, you know, in very short agile cycles. So we are able to see the need, know how to solve it with machine learning, and then implement it in a very short time. So, so the so the founders, I think, uh, is important. If you have expertise in what you are building, and and I, I believe that's a must. Uh, I think it is much easier to uh, be able to create a great product in a shorter amount of time. Uh, so uh, I believe it is possible uh, to to create good solutions with the right people. Uh, so 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 you should make sure that uh, you have the right people uh, that knows the product and also that knows the customer as well. Uh, you know, having your customers as your partners very early on uh, and uh, making sure that you are meeting their needs. Uh, I believe is uh, also an, an, another important factor. Uh, uh, to be very frank with you, almost all, all, our, all of all my customers are my partners. Uh, yeah. They have played an important role in uh, developing our product into what it is today. So, uh, so it is possible. You have to make sure that you have the right people in your team and the right uh, customers who are willing to be your partners. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's two very strong points. And for anybody who's listening to this thinking, you know, how can I potentially navigate these slightly uncertain times from a venture capital standpoint? I think you've got two really excellent points to follow right there. Get the right people on your team early and also get customers early who can help you and guide you towards, you know, as, as you heard me say earlier, one of the things that struck me about the platform was how focused it is on the bottom line, on being applicable to real world solutions. And I'm sure a lot of that came from 
those conversations with your early customers in terms of, you know, where is there a need? Where should we be prioritizing this? And, and I think you can see the result again with the, uh, with the best of show wins. So last question for you, we're almost out of time, but what's next for Tazi from here? You know, what, what should we expect to see from you all as you continue to push forward and, and look to defend that best in show crown? Uh, well, uh, you know, we are making the user experience on our platform even smoother now uh, by adding conversational interfaces. So, uh, as you know, everybody is following generative AI uh, and uh, it has it will have enterprise uh, applications. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we are we are going to be using some of those uh, capabilities. Uh, but uh, we are not going to be sacrificing in terms of precision, in terms of traceability, and also auditability for business users. Uh, because uh, in a financial institution, you, you have to make sure that uh, you are being uh, not biased, you are uh, obeying the regulatory you know, requirements, uh, and uh, you have a platform that continues working uh, all the time. So uh, so we have uh, been uh, a highly monitorable uh, platform uh, that, uh, that is easy to access by our users. We will continue being that, uh, but also we will uh, also have the, uh, uh, you know, risk uh, always you know, under control uh, in terms of monitoring. Uh, I believe, uh, you know, having AI accessible to a lot of people uh, we'll turn this into a very good and useful technology. In the end, you know, I, my hope is to have my mom to use this technology okay. to make it that easy. Uh, we are not there yet, uh, but uh, we are uh, working hard uh, towards achieving that goal. But you know, seeing business users uh, being able to use AI uh, to make their business better every day uh, and, uh, and, and doing that with as little effort as possible uh, that's what we have been doing and that's what we will be doing again every day. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, it's a really substantial goal to get the technology to a point where your mom can use it. I think all of us kind of at some point have this in the back of our minds. Could my parents use this? Could people in my life use this? Have we made it simple enough? And maybe maybe there's something else to unpack too. At the end of the day, we're all still just building stuff to try and impress our moms. That's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to just make our parents. I know, and my mom was so hard to please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to leave it there before we uh, drift into some very deep waters. But Zara, thank you so much again for taking the time to connect with me. Congratulations again on the Best of Show win. If you're listening, do check out their video from Finnovate Europe or come see uh, Tazi again on stage at Finnovate Spring in San Francisco coming up here in the next little bit. You've got another chance to see them if you are US-based. So um, again, Tazi.ai, Finnovate Europe Best of Show winner. Zara, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Greg, and see you in San Francisco, Finovate. Take care. The Finovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finovate.com for information on Finovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>